Greetings, Nerd Squadron. This is Nerd11 reporting in. It's Monday, January the 8th, 2018, and today it's Movie Monday, so we're going to get things started off right. Um, But first, I need to rectify something from uh, the end of the year last year. Uh, I realized that, for some reason, the segment that I recorded that answered Nerd6's uh, question to me on Twitter uh, did not post for some reason here on Anchor. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to answer that first, and then we're going to get into a couple of segments here for Movie Monday. So what Nerd6, better known as uh, Till Daddy on Twitter, uh, sent to me a question about the uh, Knights of Ren. He asked if I thought that the Knights of Ren... Uh, we're going to become Kylo Ren's royal guard uh, now after uh, the events of The Last Jedi. Um, along with uh, a comment of, since there were no show in this last one, so he's wondering what my thoughts are. Uh, in case you haven't realized it, since the movie has now been out for several weeks, um, I am taking away spoiler alerts. From here on out, everything that we discuss is going to be spoiler-heavy on The Last Jedi. So if you have not watched Star Wars The Last Jedi 1, I would like to meet you because you're probably one of the few people in the world who haven't. Uh, And and on top of that, um, if you haven't, just uh, save this, come back to the podcast later on, uh, and you'll get your answers after you watch the movie and form your own opinions for a little while. So... Anyways, to get back to Nerd6's uh, question, first, thank you, Nerd6, for the shout-out, and uh, sorry for the delay in getting this out to you. But, yes, I I don't believe that the Knights of Ren are going to be a royal guard, per se, just like the Emperor's Royal Guard and the Senate Guards from uh, the prequel trilogy or the Praetorian Guards that we saw in uh, Episode Eight. Uh, The Last Jedi. Um, I I think Kylo is the type of person who doesn't need his own guards around him. Uh, He's going to be the type of person who's going to take care of business himself. I think the Knights of Ren are going to be more like his his generals out in the field, not the military generals. That aspect is going to be taken care of by General Hux. Uh, But as far as his his show of force, his inquisitors almost, um, as we saw in the first few seasons of um, Rebels. Excuse me. Uh, I I really believe that's the direction they're going to go with them. Uh, I do believe that this is going to be something that J.J. Abrams is going to bring back in 9. I don't think Ryan Johnson touched on them because they were more of a J.J. Abrams creation. And he was looking at strictly the relationship between uh, Rey and Kylo um, and Snoke and Luke and the First Order and the Resistance. Not the overarching group uh, that we saw of the Knights of Ren in the Force back that Rey had in um, The Force Awakens. So... To answer your question, yes, I think they're going to show up in 9, but I don't think they're going to be Kylo's Royal Guard. Um, 
what what's your opinion? I would like to really would like to hear it, and we can get a discussion going. So go ahead and call into the station, uh, or shoot me yet another uh, tweet on Twitter. Now that we can have 240 characters, we can get even more in depth. Uh, so there's my answer for that. Nerd Eleven out. So one of the reasons for my delay in getting back to doing normal recordings uh, at the end of December was I took an impromptu trip down uh, to see my family um, in middle America. Uh, And one of the things that I had happen while I was there was that I um, got to speak with my older brother and my nephew, um, who's a freshman in high school, with regards to their thoughts of The Last Jedi. Now, I knew going into this that my brother did not uh, like the film. He had already uh, sent me a text after seeing the film saying that he had been disappointed, but we didn't really get into the conversation there. And so, going home and and seeing him over the New Year's, and both he and my my nephew expressed their uh, displeasure with the film, especially revolving around the fact that they felt that it didn't seem like a Star Wars movie to them. You know, it wasn't my brother's Star Wars, is I believe one of the things that he said. Plus, they didn't like the whole Princess Leia scene of her pulling herself back in. Uh, My nephew, who is very literal on things, uh, wanted to debate with me whether or not there was actually an airlock Uh, that she flew into, so he thought, you know, that as soon as she touched the door, it seemed to him that the, the, um, bulkhead opened up without the, the other airlock closing behind him, but as we see in an an earlier scene, and I did point it out to him, that when the hangar blew up, and Poe was heading towards, uh, the hangar, as soon as that explosion happened and the outer shield, uh, let loose, there were two sets of doors that closed to lock out the hangar, uh, essentially creating the airlock. But anyways, that's not the, the point of this segment. Um, the point of this segment is talking about this generation's Star Wars. One of the things that George Lucas said at Celebration recently was that when he created Star Wars, you have to remember he created it for 12-year-olds which a lot of people took offense to, but at the same time, I remember when I read The Hobbit that one of the first things that J.R.R. Tolkien had in the the adaptation that I read was a letter, it was actually like a, um, a book report about The Hobbit, and somebody said that it was good for middle schoolers, which at the time when I was reading it, I was in high school, I was like, really? Middle schoolers would enjoy this? But anyways, it's neither here nor there. Uh, But it got me thinking that, okay, when the first Star Wars came out, so episodes, what we now know as episodes 4, 5, and 6, when it came out in 1977, my older brother was turning 4 when the first one came out. So really when he got into it, was closer to the time around Empire, so he would have been 7, and by the end of it, he would have been... Um, you know, 10, 11, 12, right in the the bread and butter zone for um, 
the age range that George Lucas was looking for. And that's what my brother Moore identifies with. Now, the next generation that got Star Wars at the age of 12, you have to realize are people who uh, lived, were children during what was known as the dark times of Star Wars. So the people who really enjoyed the prequels were people who came generally from from that age range when they were turning 12 back in 1999. Uh, And now this series of Star Wars, I truly believe, is not meant for me, and it's not meant for my brother's generation. It's actually meant for my children's generation. My daughter, who is 11, absolutely loves um, The Force Awakens and loved seeing The Last Jedi. Same thing with my niece, who's a little bit older, but younger than her older brother, uh, who's in high school. She enjoyed it just as well. So we need to remember that each of these um, trilogies are meant for different generations. Whether you're, you know, whether you really liked The Last Jedi or not could potentially depend on your age. So that's one thing to consider when you're going in. So one of the things to consider, um, like I said, this Star Wars isn't necessarily for your generation. It's more for the generation of, you know, middle schoolers today. So what does that mean for people who are closer to my generation that are under 40, um, but older than 30? So we remember the original trilogy when it came out. We were there for the the hype and we had the, the action figures uh, from Kenner. We had those original line action figures and we played with them and we watched the Ewoks, um, you know, specials on TV, uh, both Caravan of Courage and uh, the, the Ewok adventure. Uh, we remember watching the Ewoks cartoon series, but then we were also the ones who got really hyped when there was the, the new Star Wars coming out. I, I can... I honestly can tell you the first time I really revealed to my friends that I was a big Star Wars fan was in 1997, uh, yep, in the 20-year anniversary. I had a Star Wars uh, notebook journal uh, for the 20th anniversary, and that was also when they were re-releasing the special editions, which that's a whole other subject for another day. But that really was the first time that people around me um, that I could actually identify in my high school class that were other Star Wars fans. We didn't have the Star Wars t-shirts that we have nowadays. I mean, I, I have an entire drawer filled with nothing but Star Wars t-shirts. I could go almost an entire month with wearing a different Star Wars t-shirt every day uh, without having to rewash them. That's how many I have now. Uh, we have merchandising uh, coming out of every corner uh, people can uh, essentially have their own museum, you know, a la uh, Rancho Obi-Wan. So now is a really different age um, for Star Wars fandom. So my generation, we remembered that, but then we were in high school and getting excited for the new Star Wars that were coming out. And in 99, I had already graduated high school, I was in college, and you know, here's this, the new generation of Star Wars coming out. And I remember my one friend who was still in high school, he and his brother 
absolutely loved the prequels. And like I, I have said before that um, I celebrate the story that uh, the prequels provided, but at the same time recognize that there were flaws. The same thing with The Last Jedi, and that, this is one thing that I've really, um, that I've really kind of come to, to call what The Last Jedi is, uh, that it is a flawed masterpiece, and that's going to be every single Star Wars movie, with the exception of maybe Empire, um, which, by the way, uh, is not my number one Star Wars movie, and I can explain that why another time, uh, but as far as all the Star Wars movies go, technically, it is probably the most technically sound movie uh, within the franchise. But that does not mean that it is the best. For me, it's uh, Return of the Jedi will always be my number one Star Wars film. And partially that's because that was the first one I ever remember seeing in a movie theater. Um, so I have that nostalgia that stuck with it. So, we have to remember when we're watching Star Wars is to see what eyes we're seeing them through. If you want to go in and you really want to judge the movies for the way they are, try and see them, as George Lucas said, through the eyes of a 12-year-old. Because when you do that and you just let the shock and awe that hits you because it's not exactly what you expected... I believe that you're going to be able to enjoy seeing uh, any Star Wars movie if you take it from the perspective of looking at it through the eyes of a 12-year-old. So we're quickly approaching um, what I believe to be a threshold for uh, Star Wars movies. Because uh, this is the first time that um, we're going to be going almost within six months into another Star Wars movie. Uh, although it's really hard for me to believe that they're going to be able to get out uh, solo uh, in May. But they, uh, coming out of uh, The Last Jedi, uh, in both movie theaters that I've seen it at, they have a poster that is announcing Solo, a Star Wars story, um, coming out on in May. So, to me, that I believe that's really the first uh, concrete thing that is saying to me that they are really shooting for this May date. Um, but we are yet to see any trailers for it. Now, some people may say that's because the, the Last Jedi is still out there and there's been such uh, backlash with uh, the divisiveness of this film. Um, There's actually been a uh, article in a industry magazine, sorry, for uh, out in Hollywood that has said that the solo film may be the first Star Wars film to be a quote-unquote financial bust. And that may entail the the fact that we have no clue. Uh, I, I haven't seen any reporting, but once I said, like I've said several times, I'm not an industry uh, insider. I'm simply a guy from the Midwest who, who really loves uh, Star Wars. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, uh, there's a potential for um, the budget to have really inflated after Lord and Miller were asked to leave and um, Ron Howard came in uh, to, to do all these reshoots and depending on how extensive the reshoots were and, and how much money um, they had to give to certain actors who now had to come in uh, to fill roles for actors who were no longer going to make it back because of scheduling, um, rewriting and retooling and uh, who knows how much stuff was done post-production um, but you know uh, they are coming to the finish line as far as editing and post-production and in the modern era of cinema they could go up to the day before release uh, editing these things and then uh, you know get digitally send out all these uh, films to the theater so that they can be uh, downloaded and tested and then uh, put out into uh, into the the movie space that next day so um it's really going to be interesting i can tell you right now i will probably see the movie more than once just because uh, it is a star wars film but just like rogue one uh, i will probably uh, just see it once on opening night uh, and then i will see it probably one more time uh, after that uh, with both my kids or maybe two times one with one kid one with the other it all depends on how uh, scheduling works especially with this becoming a summer movie but it's really going to be going up against a lot of competition whereas in December Lucas Arts and, and Lucasfilm and Disney have really cemented December as being their Star Wars month so we know that episode 9 is going to be released in December uh, JJ has already come out and said that, that December 2019 uh, is their their mark for Episode 9. And I hope that um, regardless of how Solo does in the theaters in May, um, that really they go back to strictly being in December. Because I can tell you right now, it's great being able to go to, to end my year and have that be uh, like an early Christmas present to go and see a Star Wars film and then spend the next almost six months speculating on what's going to happen next or what's going to come next uh, before we really start getting the marketing machine ramped up for the next Star Wars installment. So, as always, this is Nerd11, signing out. That's all for today, fellow Star Wars nerds. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the station, don't forget to hit the favorite button so you don't miss the next broadcast. Feel free to leave a comment on any of the segments or call into the station so the rest of the galaxy can hear your voice. You can also follow the station on Twitter at the underscore SW nerds. At me and leave a comment or question which I might read on a future segment. Once again, thank you for listening. This is Nerd11, signing out and making the jump for home. May the Force be with you.